Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1. I hope you come back this evening and enjoy and appreciate what the choir and the children's family will be sharing. And in time to encourage your friends, your family who may not normally want to come to church to hear a preacher. I don't know why, but anyway, they would come to hear music though. So I encourage you to use that as an opportunity to invite them to be with us tonight. But look in Matthew chapter 1, a very familiar story this time of year. It says there in verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Heavenly Father, I pray that you open your word to us, that we understand. I pray, God, you minister your grace right now to hearts, Lord, that are struggling. I pray, God, that you give encouragement. And above all, God, I pray you bring convicting power to lives that are lost, that need to be saved. But we thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You find in this Christmas story, there's an account of angels coming. Do you remember that? You remember when the shepherds were out in the field and the angelic host came and proclaimed to them, Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of glad joy, which shall be to all people, because today there is born unto you in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And God saw it such an important event that he just lit up the sky. And we don't know how many they were, but I'm assuming there would be a lot. That The whole angelic host was there proclaiming the birth of the Messiah. And isn't it interesting that you look through the Christmas story and at least six times God, he sends angels to give a message. At least six times God uses angels to come to share with men, women, to share with them a word of truth, to share with them a word of direction, to share with them what he's trying to say. Now we don't understand angels completely. Time Magazine several years ago had a whole issue on angels. There's television programs on angels. There used to be one years ago that, that, that would show angels who came in human form as men or women and they would go about doing things that were of good deed per se. And yet, yet we as a, as a country, we as people in general, not just Christians, we can be enamored with angels. And, and people talk about their guardian angel and people want to talk about how, how angels did this or did that. And, and yet we need to look into the Bible and say, what does God say about angels? Because there's different classifications, there are different levels of angels, and we're not getting into all that. But, but what God did was when God created angels, my friends, he created perfect creatures. They are capable of sinning, but they don't. Those who did choose to sin, Lucifer led them in a third of the angelic host and cast them out of glory, cast them out of heaven, and now they will eternally spend their time in the pit of hell when the last day comes. We call those angels demons now. And, and yet, yet angels, they are created beings. They are perfect. They know not sin, yet they are capable of sin. And God shows us here in the Christmas story at least six times. He, he, he sees the message is so needful that he sends this messenger because that's what angels do. Angels come to deliver a message. Angels are there are to protect the throne of God. <coughs> angels are, are, are God's agents that he uses 
to work even in this world for our benefit, for our good. So, so look what it says there. We saw there in Matthew chapter 18, or Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. The first thing he wants to tell us about angels is this. It's slow down and listen to God. You see, this time of year, most people have a faster pace of life because we put a whole lot of expectations on ourselves, things we want to get accomplished, things we want to do, and we get so busy, we start acting in haste. And when you find your life and lifestyle, one that is constantly acting in haste, constantly moving from this thing to the other thing, we can make decisions that are not right. We can make decisions that can be very costly to us, right? It's easy to slide the plastic card, isn't it, guys? So, so we literally know the cost factor in that area, but, but you can make decisions when you act in haste that can have long-term ramifications that can be very detrimental to your life, to what God has called you to be. And here was Joseph. Joseph, he was engaged to Mary to be his wife, and, and, and all of a sudden Mary tells Joseph, I have got a baby inside me. It's conceived by the Holy Ghost of God. Now, what do you think Joseph thought? Yeah, right. Yeah, I really believe that. But, but see, see, Joseph, he did not get in a hurry per se. It says, while he thought on these things. See, see, you have to slow down in life and you have to learn to think. You have to learn not just to think and process thoughts. You have to learn to train yourself to think biblically because God wants you as a man, woman, boy, or girl who is born again as a child of God. He wants you to think biblically because if you're not thinking biblically, you open yourself for error. You open yourself for wrong choices. You have to slow down and you have to think. And that's what Joseph did. Joseph slowed down as he thought of these things God spoke to him. Give time and attention and think and let God speak to your heart. Let God speak into your soul. And, and, and so, so he could have gotten in a hurry and said, I'm just going to divorce her. I'm going to be done with her. He could have said, I'm going to obey the Old Testament law. I'm going to have her stoned to death. I'm not going to fool with this the rest of my life. But, but that's not what he did. He slowed down. See, when you're about to make decisions, you better learn how to slow down and you better learn how to think and you better learn how to think biblically, putting an ear in tune, an ear listening to the Father. Because when you don't slow down, you make bad decisions just like I do. Slow down. That's what God says when he sends angels oftentimes. Second thing he says, if you look in chapter 2 and verse 13, is this, he will tell you to change your plans. Look at chapter 2 and verse 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be there there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. God will change your plans. You may not understand it always, but God has said, I'm changing your plans because tragedy is waiting for you if you don't change your plans. Men, listen to me. God oftentimes speaks to the fathers to set the direction of the entire household. And if you're not listening to God, we have more issues and more problems coming up in our families and in our lives. And so dads, you've got to listen and you've got to say, yes, I will change my plans. That's a tough one because we've done got it planned out, right? 
We've not only got it planned out, we've got it figured out how it's going to work out. And yet God, he interrupted Joseph's life and he said, you better move tonight, take this child, go down to Egypt because Herod is wanting to kill the Christ child. Herod is wanting to kill this baby. Herod is going to seek to destroy his life. And if, if Joseph had lingered, you think it would have been costly? Yes. And so you have to understand when God speaks to you, you may have your life planned out for the next 40 years. God may be saying, change your plan. He may be saying, change your direction. He will tell you, you have to leave your comfort zone. Now that's the one we struggle with, isn't it? But when we change plans, direction, we change what is familiar to us. We are always leaving our comfort zone. Let me tell you something. Life could be really boring if all you did was live in your comfort zone all the time. Life could be really mundane if all you did was get up and have no issues in life, have no emergencies in life, where it drove you to your knees, it gave an opportunity for God to work inside your life, to do the miraculous, to make provision, to set deliverances in your life. Hear me, life could be very boring if all we did was just, well, I just want to be comfortable all the time. I know that's in my flesh. I know that's in my human mindset, but God says, no, change directions, listen to me. I'm trying to keep you safe. I heard a preacher one time, he told the story of another preacher who was trying to catch an airplane in Southern California. He got to his gate and they said, the gate is already closed. The plane is took off. You have to wait. And you know what that preacher was? He was upset. You ever missed a flight? I have. It's not a fun feeling. But this preacher the next morning, as he turned on the radio waiting for the next flight, he heard that that plane had crashed. He wasn't upset anymore. He's sitting there thanking Jesus, right? See, sometimes God changes your plans. He changes your direction. You don't even understand why. You don't understand how he's doing it, what he's doing it for. But you understand at the other side, there was a purpose for your protection, for your safety. And so, so, so God says, slow down, learn to listen. Think biblically. He, he says, secondly, he says, get ready to change your plans. And, and thirdly, you go back to chapter 2 and verse 19 and 20. It says this, but when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. God gave him another word. And God said, you can proceed to go back home. It's safe now. See, 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 some things are God's will, but it's not God's timing. Do you understand it does you no good to say, I'm going to do God's will if you're not going to be willing to do God's timing? Because timing is everything. Do you believe that? See, you can do what is right, but at the wrong time, and it's meaningless. And so God says, Joseph, you're staying here for weeks. You're staying here in Egypt for months. You're staying here in Egypt for years. You're staying here a long time. But when I give you word, my timing is here. And when God's timing comes, man, that's glorious. God says, go back now because everything is ready. Everything is prepared. God says, I want you to take care of this now. There was 39 books in the Old Testament and time and time again, God said, a Savior is coming. And Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, 
Testament, he delivered or he announced also that the Messiah, he was going to come. But when he did it, that was over 400 years between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew, nothing happened. Do you know what? That still didn't change God, did it? God had already said the Messiah was coming. It's just waiting on the right time. You, you understand the story here where, where, where you, have, as a child of God, you cannot run ahead of God. Is that easy to do? How do we do it? We quit listening. We stop adjusting and letting him change our plans. And we do what we think is best. And how's that work for us sometimes? Then we wonder why we got a mess. We wonder why God's not being real in my life. See, see, he says, slow down, listen to me, change your plan. But then I'm going to give you a word about timing. When I speak, you act, you respond, you obey. Now look over in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 1. Look what it says in verse 13. Now this is the story of John the Baptist. And in his birth, it says in verse one of uh, verse thirteen of chapter one, it says, "But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias.' Guys, I preached on fear not last week, because you see that's the same word that the angel of the coast told the shepherds, right? Fear not, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John." See. See, God sends angelic messengers to see, even though you haven't seen the answer, he's telling you you're getting the answer to your request. Do you see that? I mean, I mean he said, John, you and Elizabeth, you're going to have a baby. Now, what happened to John? He went mute, didn't he? Why? Because he questioned. He didn't question inquisitively. He questioned without any, with complete doubt. And yet, and yet, and yet it, it did not happen until nine months later, right? And so God told him one thing, but it didn't happen instantly. And sometimes God is gonna to speak to you as you pray and as you seek him and as your life is aligned with him, he's gonna speak into your spirit one thing and he's gonna say yes, he's gonna say done. But you're not gonna see anything done and you're not gonna see anything positive per se in that fashion, why? Because it's his time, but he's given you word in advance so your faith can be confident in him. Amen. And when he tells you those things, you better learn to write them down. God said, and then you can go back and you can recount the greatness of the Father, how he sustains you with a word of hope, how he sustains you with a word of encouragement. He said, John is coming, but, but he's not coming for nine months. Why? Because he had to wait. He was going to be the forerunner of Christ Jesus. He was going to be the one that's announcing the Messiah is come. And so, so God answered him. Has God ever answered your prayer and he's given you full confidence, full assurance, but you've not seen anything yet? I hope so, because that's how God works many times. He gives you the answer of assurance before it actually happens, and then you learn how to rest in him knowing that it is going to happen. Man, that's a glorious thing. But you've got to learn to slow down. You've got to learn to listen. You've got to be willing to change your plans, change your direction, and allow God to work in his timing. Now, now look what it says in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 30 and 31. 
It says, and the angel said unto her, this is Mary, fear not. Man, repeat last Sunday's message. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Fear not. You're going to have a child. Almighty God is the Father. Guys, this was prophesied back in Isaiah. All down through the generations, that's what the Jewish people were expecting. A virgin would conceive. And then all of a sudden, God said, Mary, you're it. And Mary, can you imagine what went on in her mind? What's Joseph going to say? What's mom and dad going to say? But then the angel said, you have found favor. Sometimes what doesn't look like favor is favor. Sometimes God allows things into your life that you don't understand and you don't look like it's a provision of the Father. It doesn't look like the blessing of God upon your life, but you will learn to discover it is the favor of God. And when you learn to live in the favor of God Almighty, you live in a blessed place. Because see, see, see God said, here, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna surprise you with the miraculous. I'm going to surprise you with a miraculous thing. And see hear me, God still does miracles. I hope you believe that. I hope you're not beyond that concept because God still does the miraculous. He still reaches down and he touches bodies that are broken and need of healing. He reaches down into the pits some places sometimes and he brings deliverance out to people who are addicted to everything and everybody. He reaches down and he makes provisions supernaturally that you cannot explain. God does the miraculous still today and we just have to trust him and look to him and adjust to him so that he be glorified he did miraculous here you found favor with God and then look over in Luke chapter 2 look at verses 10 to 12 and it says and the angel said to them guess what he said fear not Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. God speaks because he wants you to know specific details about life decisions. Specific details. God doesn't give you a word of direction and then leave you to figure out how to do it. Do you remember when God told Noah to build the boat, to build an ark? He gave him direction how to fulfill that. And when God came to, and these angels announced that, that the Messiah, the Savior had been born, he announced it to, to shepherds out in the field. And, and, and he said, here, here's what's happened. I bring you good tidings of great joy for all people because today is born, this day, where in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. How shall we know this shall be a sign unto you? You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. He's telling these shepherds, go and see. Go and experience. Go and meet the Messiah. And that's what he's saying to you today. Respond to my voice. Respond to the word of God. Respond to the convicting of the Holy Spirit. Obey him. And see, see, the shepherd said, how will we know? 
He said, well, he's in the city of David. This was taxation time. And the city of David was bubbling with people. There were people everywhere. How would they be able to find this, this, this lady? They said, well, you're going to find this babe. And he, he's lying in a manger. You don't put babies in mangers. A manger literally is not a wooden feeding trough. A manger is a stone feeding trough. And you go to Israel and you're going to see these stone things that's just bellied out in the middle as a feeding trough. And so, so, so you don't put a baby in a feeding trough. But he said, this is how you're going to know it. You're going to find this, this baby in a place you wouldn't expect it to be. So, 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 so start looking in this location. And then he said, here's the same. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Do you know what swaddling clothes are? They're strips of cloth. And they were used to wrap dead bodies. They're grave clothes. This is a prophecy of what Christ was coming to do. Christ Jesus came as a babe, but he died on Calvary's tree. He was wrapped in grave clothes. But what happened on the third day? He came back. He came up from the ground. He arose from the dead, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he ascended on high to the Father. And he sat down, ever making intercession, praying for you, praying for me. And so these shepherds said, hey, let's do it tomorrow. Is that what you're going to say today? Let's do it at another time. I, I've got an engagement here at 12 o'clock and I, I'm in a hurry. Is, is that what you're going to do today? Guys, you never have a promise that God will ever speak to you again like he's speaking to you right now. You, you only have today. Life is but a vapor. Here for a moment and then it's gone. So, so when you're going to respond to Christ is at this moment right now as he's speaking to your heart. Because God says, I want you to understand I can do the miraculous in your life. I want you to understand I want to change your plans. I want to change your direction because my timing is what is important. My timing is what is going to see you to grow the blessedness of my, my presence. I, I want you to slow down. I want you to listen to me. See, 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 God spoke through angels because he was simply saying, you have to know how much I love you, how much I care about you, how much I want to intervene inside your life. I want a relationship with you. And the angelic host announced it, but Jesus proved it when he gave himself for us. Amen. So what's he saying to you today? As we give you this opportunity to obey God, obey him. Father, we bow before you. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your truth. And God, I pray that you teach us right now these simple lessons that seem hard to comprehend how to slow down, how to think biblically, how to adjust our plans, our life to you. And God, help us to position ourselves in a fashion where you can do the miraculous even in our life. And Father, when you speak to us like you did the shepherds to go and see, help us to know that we have to respond to you. Father, I pray right now for that one that's lost that doesn't know you as their savior i pray you move with convicting power upon their heart god that they would cry out to you to be saved for that one struggling god with decisions i pray god you give your peace that directs and that guides and umpires in their soul and father i just lift up this time that you be glorified and you be honored in jesus name as we stand together and sing obey what god is telling you <laughs>